0: Okay, we've talked about John and his mission, his calling, him being the forerunner, and then him finally meeting the Messiah, the Lamb of God. And once that's done, the disciples who followed him turned and followed Jesus, the Mm -hmm. truth. So we're going to be talking about Jesus and his calling.
1: After the encounter of of Andrew and another disciple um, asking that question, where do you live a, a time of intimacy? I want to look at it from, from that perspective. And then Andrew, excited about finding the Messiah, meeting the Messiah, wanting to tell his loved one about the Messiah. Peter goes and confronts Christ and Christ gives him a new name, you know, Simon, but Peter, Simon to Peter. And so God has come on the scene in the flesh of Jesus. So God comes on the scene dressed in flesh to dwell among men. And as he's been baptized by John and he has received some disciples, he goes and calls people. So when Jesus is on the scene, when Jesus is there, a calling occurs. It says in verse 43, the next day, Jesus decided to set out for Galilee, finding Philip. He told him, follow me. I think that is such a powerful message. You know, we we hear, why are you following me? We hear, uh, where are you living? We hear, come and see. And we hear this, this message, follow me, follow me. What powerful words, two words are those? The Messiah, God Almighty says, follow me. He says, follow me. If a guy, a perfect stranger meets you on the street and say, Veronica, follow me. What's got to be going on in, in that dynamic?
0: Yeah, I would be thinking, who, who is this guy and I'm not gonna follow, you know, I I don't know I don't know you. Why, why should I follow you? And you know, I think that um, for us, because we get we have the benefit of seeing what our previous brothers and sisters in Christ went through, that followed Jesus, I think in some ways, That kind of stunts us from immediately following hard after God Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of what we've seen and read Mm -hmm. happening to them. We fear that same thing might happen to us and we don't want to go through those sufferings. But the word tells us that if we are in Christ, we will suffer so that we need to arm our minds with that same suffering as christ did but i i I really think that because we get to see we get to read their stories from from beginning to end we seem to think that our story might parallel their stories and we don't want to go through that so for them that follow me was so fresh they had no idea of what that entailed and so even though it 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 may have been hard for them. I think in some ways it was easier for them to follow him than it is for us to follow him and drop everything.
1: Do you think that there's, there might have been some spiritual draw there? There might have been the moment where you realize, like Paul says, that God gave him the time where he realized that he was a Christ carrier when the time of Christ was made known to him mm-hmm. he realized hey this is this is this is it i think about my testimony i think about having that experience with you and 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 totally disregarding the life that i was living and saying this is what i want this is what i need and i think that at that moment that i i saw the eyes of Christ and i heard his voice it was him saying follow me mm-hmm. And I reckon that I recognize that. And I think that maybe just maybe that these individuals, Andrew, Peter,
0: mm-hmm. the other disciples. Philip,
1: the other disciples had that moment in them that they have been prepared to hear those words. Remember when Jesus tells them, told them to go to this guy. He's going to have a donkey and I want you to mm-hmm. talk to him. And if he says anything, tell him it's for the Messiah. Mm-hmm. There has to be a moment where there's something in in the players in God's plan mm-hmm. to recognize and begin to follow him.
0: Yeah. That, okay. uh, that illumination, right. I think that truth, that illumination. And, and you're exactly right. When, when the Lord speaks to you, the, the spirit of the Lord speaks to you without a shadow of a doubt, you know that that's the Lord speaking to you. Then whatever is going on, it doesn't matter. But I think if, if our faith or if our relationship with the Lord is not where it should be, when he says, follow me, we start thinking about our lives and we start thinking about what we've read about those who followed him and what they had to give up. I think sometimes that is in, in our mind, but you're, you're exactly right. When, when the spirit pierces your heart, you, you're, you're going to follow him you're gonna go
1: you know it's almost like the scripture that says uh, uh we use it for uh evangelism some some plant seeds some water but it's God to give the increase in regards to what you're saying I think that um we are in that place where we, we don't know where that person is we don't know if they're on that maybe they haven't um Maybe their, th- their thought process is, I don't know, because parallel thinking that that's going to happen to me, maybe the seed has not been planted yet. Maybe the water hasn't been there. Maybe they got a seed because they're aware of Jesus Christ having the ability to come into your life and call you to something greater, but they're not there yet. They're they they they're apprehensive about that. So there might be a seed planted, but there's never been the water given. And I think that when there's a seed planted and there's water there, that— when he speaks, there's an increase of, of of purpose. There's an increase of calling in your life that you realize this is the moment that I've been waiting for all my life.
0: Right? Yeah, that goes back to the relationship with with the Father. Where is your relationship with Him? Um, that trust factor, that intimacy that you talk about. You know, where is that? I think all of that plays a part in the. The, the planting, the watering, and God knows when the increase is going to come about.
1: Amen. Now, Philip, verse 44, was from Bethsaida, the same town, Andrew and, and Peter. So Andrew, Peter, and Philip was homeboys, right? So I'm, I'm assuming that maybe Philip, when Philip found in verse 45, Nathaniel, and told them, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, the one the prophets foretold Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And I want to talk about that because according to the scripture, these men were unlearned, you know, they were ignorant men. And so when we talk about the Pharisees and Sadducees and the Levites that, that went before John asking him all these questions because they've read that there's a Messiah, they, they knew some things even to let you know that even people that was not uh, well versed in the, the scrolls of that time, the the scriptures, all the writings that the prophecies and the Sadducees had written down, they still were aware of, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law. So there are some people that I've come across that says, how come Jesus is, isn't written all through the scripture? Now he is written in the scripture because this right here testifies of that. He says, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, which is the five books, the first five books, Genesis, Revelation Genesis, Revelations, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and, and um and Deuteronomy. So this is what Moses wrote about. So if he says the one that the prophets foretold. So now we have the prophets in the old testament. You know, because there's no New Testament until Christ does what he needs to do. So all these things are, are saying that Jesus existed in the Old Testament. He's written it and it says, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And so we have an issue with this last part.
0: When you talked about um, the them being unlearned, you know, they they still heard uh, or went to synagogue and they still heard the, uh, the leaders um, teaching teaching the words of Moses, the law of Moses. And, you know, the scripture says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, even though they were teaching from the law, it still was the word of God because God gave these words to men. And so they were believing what the leaders were saying. And so when Jesus came on the scene, all of these things were coming back. They they had these things growing up. So they, they knew that because that's what was taught to them.
1: Which, which is really interesting. <laughs> this is so interesting is that the Pharisees and the Sadducees or the Pharisees and Lev- Levites, which are very well versed at the scriptures, right? They're looking for the Messiah, right? And so they're asking all these questions and they're saying, well, you know, why are you baptizing people if you're not the Messiah? It's interesting that these learned individuals could not see the light that came into the world. And yet, these fishermen, these low, held at low esteem individuals, realized that he is the one that Moses wrote about. The prophets foretold God, like I said, like we talked about, God was doing something different that the people that were studying for years and years and years wasn't getting is that God is coming in a way that you may not know of. And unless you are ready to open your eyes like a little child you're not going to see this.
0: That's right. Amen.
1: Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, right there was a deterrent to the wise men of the scriptures, the, the Pharisees and the Levites and the Sadducees of understanding that this could be the Messiah because of the fact that, one, he came from Nazareth. Nathaniel's reply indicates that nothing good comes from Nazareth. And then two, he came from Joseph. Joseph was not of the priest's lineage. He was not from the Levites. He was not of a priestly descent. So it would not, uh, for somebody that believed that he was going to be this priest, which he was supposed to be the coming king, which lines up with him being of Joseph and Mary because both of their lineage is coming from David. But these men, priestly individuals, men of statues, men that worship God, could not see. This because their external perception of their expectations hindered them from seeing a spiritual dynamic that God wanted to reveal to even the unlearned individuals that they could see and know that, wow, he didn't come like they were thinking. He came from a different way. As we read your word, Father God, we realize that we can only expect the unexpected with you. It is you, Lord God, that we say, "Okay, it's got to be done this way and you show up a different way because we cannot now thank you. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Your ways are higher than our ways. You want us, Father God, to be able to to think in the process what you think, to say in the words that you say, your heart, your heartbeat. You want us to be so connected to you, Lord God, that we are one. As Jesus says, we are one. He wants us to be one. John 17, he declares that his desires, we be one. As you and him are one, he wants you to be one with us. So Father God, I just believe and trust in you that you will allow the brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus to rise up and seek your face and to seek that oneness, begin to walk that oneness out as Jesus prayed. And I know, Lord God, that you always hear him. So I thank you and I praise you and exalt and magnify your mighty God. Let your power, let your anointing fall on the people of God in days like this, that we might rise up and be the voice in the wilderness and declaring you need to receive the unexpected expectancy of Jesus Christ coming into your life and changing your world, changing your life. Father, I praise and exalt you and magnify your name for the opportunity to share you with the world. You saved my soul. You opened my eyes. You gave me a heart of understanding. And I am so, so grateful. Every day I can see you written all over my life. And I thank you. And like anyone that has something good and pleasant and beautiful, want to share with someone who does not know these things. Open our hearts, open our minds. Let us not be dismayed or afraid because you are with us. You are our God. You will strengthen us. You will keep us. You will uphold us with your strong right arm. Father, I praise and exalt and magnify you for the lives that are being changed, not because of anything other than your spirit, because it is only your spirit that can change the heart of believers as well as unbelievers. So I lift up the unbelievers before you. I pray, Lord God, that you will allow them to come into the knowledge of the truth, have mercy on their souls, And Lord, with a thankful and grateful heart, I know that all things are possible if we believe. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that those that do not know you will repeat these words, simple words. God, I want to know you. Forgive me of my sin. I receive what you you gave me through Christ Jesus, how he went through all the things that I should have gone through. I acknowledge him as my Lord and Savior. I repent of all my sin that was laid upon him. And I ask, O oh God, that you forgive me and that you become Lord over my life and help me to live a life pleasing in your sight. I know it may not be easy because I know it wasn't easy for Jesus to do what he did. But because of what he did, I want to do what you want me to do for his glory and for his praise. In the name of Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, I ask that you will send us an email and you get it at the end of the message, the email address. You can post it on, it was found in my heart, Facebook page. Leave a comment there. But let your confession be known so that we may pray for you and encourage you. Lord will and direct you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I thank God. Y'all be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: You've been listening to It Was Found in My Heart with Gary and Veronica. If you need prayer or if you have any questions or responses, you can contact us by sending us an email at IWFIMH at gmail.com. That's IWFIMH at gmail.com.